Welcome to Let's Unite We Stand podcast. I'm Andy Mitt and I'm outside Old Trafford, head of United against Charlton in the League Cup Court final. The Charlton team bus is just coming in and it's raining once again. This podcast is brought to you in association with Betfred, Fred Doan, opened his first shop in Salford in 1967. I'm running a bit behind time because the traffic was pretty bad around Old Trafford, but I couldn't walk past this lad without grabbing him for one minute. Happy New Year, Binzy. All right, Andy, great to see you. Lovely to see oh, you, mate. Very happy. Is that your own there, mate? <laughs> I'm gonna... No. I'm going to go and throttle the person. Can you... Oh, my God. All right, OK. Someone right, is um, bringing him. All right, coach. How are you feeling about um, United at the moment, Binzy? Fucking brilliant. Yeah? Yeah. Loving, you, loving that, you look at me like you're going to headbutt me. <laughs> you, We've waited weird. a long time, but we've finally got somebody who knows what he's fucking doing. Yeah? Yeah. He's top man, in it. Yeah, brilliant. Good loving. football. Yeah. What, what do you like about it at the moment? Everything. They're, they're a team. Playing as a team. Still not there yet, no. Definitely need a striker. Definitely. Who's playing well for you? Well, Marcus Rashford. The back four, the defence... Fucking Casemiro. I thought he was another one. Real Madrid fucked him off. He's come here for they did, they payday. They didn't fuck him off, didn't they? No, they didn't fuck him off. He wanted to come here and play in England. He's one of the best midfielders in the world. Brilliant. He wanted to come. Well, I'm glad we got him anyway. Brilliant. Martinez. He just felt, um, not Martinez, but Casemiro, that he'd won everything and he wanted to play in England. Challenge. Yeah. Why not? Why not? He's come to the biggest club in the world, so yeah. there you go. Richard aren't that small either, but you know, I know, I know what you're saying. Well, they, they are smaller than us. Yeah, I think they are. They fucking know they are. <laughs> but things we're going to find out on Saturday. But I will tell you what, for a long, for it's been a long while. Even when we have beat them here, but quietly confident. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Martin, as you mentioned, you happy with him? Oh, fantastic. Pocket battleship. Mm. Straight out of the Argentinian barrios. That's what we want. He gets Learning stuck a bit in. of Spanish here now, Binzi. <laughs> You're from the Barrio of Ancoats, no? Hardwick. Hardwick, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I, I knew as I said it then now. Brilliant. Brilliant. Size don't bother him. Get that Ireland and kick him right in the bollocks on Saturday. Is Hardwick red or blue? Come on, don't ask silly when questions. When you were growing up there. Red, even what, what, what though Ellen lived there. What percentage red? 90% red. Helen the Bell used to live there. Yeah, yeah, I, I knew Helen quite well. So, uh, for people who don't know, Helen was a big City fan. She sat in the North Stand at City for years. She rang a bell, uh, passed away a couple of years ago, but she was a really well-known figure among City fans, wasn't she? Yeah. Well, nice there weren't lady. that many of them in them no, days. Don't, don't <laughs> um, was she, was hard, she well was respected locally? Was she a nice lady? Yeah, she was all right. She was all right. I knew her son and I knew her partner. Well, I lived just across the road from her. She didn't really like us. You or United? No, our family. Well, no, we were Reds. Yeah. Right. Your family? Yeah, because she wanted to get all the kids to watch City, didn't she? And like, you objected She's to that? She's got no fucking chance. <laughs> I wouldn't fucking have a private box in there, even if they fucking give it me now. Up there, I wouldn't. We red handy, you know that. Yeah, I know that. I like that. <laughs> we did um, I did a thing a few years ago on United We Stand, saying if you got offered a good job at City, would you take it? And I, I, I just never would. Well, maybe if my family needed to eat off the back of it. Yeah. But I just could never envisage a well, time I where I worked get for City. as much fucking money out the cunts right. as I could. Okay. And I'd robbed them, fucking fiddled them. 
Because oh, I was surprised. I'd have and a gate opening here, lads. It's ten of a piece. Come on. <laughs> okay, that's another way of looking at it. Get anyone going in? Because <laughs> I, I, I was surprised at how many people said yes, they would work for City, but. Yeah, they're going to open gates and let the mates in for free yeah. in the derby. Oh, it only work as long as it was uh, advantageous to me. And maybe Manchester United, or, or damaging to Manchester City. Yeah. So dam- it's it's a red area, it's mainly red, aren't we? Yeah, of course it is. Fucking, will you stop it? I've told you before. <laughs> All fucking bitters come from Stockport, Rochdale, Oldham. Not fucking Manchester, you know what I mean, Cole? Yeah, not Where Manchester. Where are you from, Cole? I'm from Marseille. And he's red. Come and on. I'm red. I'm with Did red. you play football? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. For Astro. For Flixton as well? Flixton, yeah. yeah you you called your tailor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Whoa. What's he done, Andy? What's... No, he's done nothing. I listen. Listen. I paid money to watch him play for this Flixton. My... We know everyone. Who got to the semis in 96 yeah, of the Vars and he played in a very good team. Yeah, Chris right. Byrne, Harvey Cunningham, yeah. Steve, the oh, captain. No, yeah. You were a good player, mate. I don't know, right? Yeah, not too bad. I'm telling thousands of people here. Wrong, you were a, you were a cracking player. I tried my best. And, and Astro, I think, I think Astro were a team out of Moss Side in Manchester. That's right, yeah. Brilliant players, played in the Sunday League, right. but almost all your players got paid to play on a Saturday. No, what, what it was, we all started playing together on a Sunday. Yeah. And then because we were so good, we all sort of we were. The manager got a job at um, some sort of semi-pro clubs, yeah. and he took Mike yeah, McKenzie. yeah, and he took took a, f- took a few rules there. Went to Winsford, that's yeah. right. And went to United, Clive Ash- Wilson played for Manchester City, and that's Chelsea, right. yeah. and yeah. Chelsea. Yeah. So that's so how you it were started. all that time on our side. All that on our side, yeah. Predominantly a black team. Yeah, we had a few with, white with guys. White in lads in it. Yeah, there was a few white guys, and they were good lads as well. Yeah, David Esdale. David Esdale played for us. He was a great player, great striker. Stevie Burns, one of the best strikers ever. Cole, tell him the only team you were going to leave. Astro for was United. United. The rest of them forget. He <laughs> played for Flixton. He took the Flixton dollar down by the yeah, banks right, of the Manchester right. Ship Canal. Yeah. Well, you had a belt in team. You won the league. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A few characters. Yeah, it was a good so team. I'm interested in this idea that a load of black lads from Moss Side form a really good football team. But a couple of white lads. Was it geographic? Were, were the was... white lads from Moss Side? No, or... no, no. Uh, initially, Mikey started it really. Mikey Williams Mikey started Williams, it off, yeah. Uh, Ma- rest his soul. Mikey Williams Mike started it off, Williams, and then uh, Mike McKenzie took it over and then oh, took it to another level. Um, you were I, infamous for being a really good team back in the day. Yeah, we was like we was like a, a Saturday Man team United. playing on the Sundays. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. You all played for free. Yeah, that's right. On, um, and your rivals were East Levin June, De La Salle. That's right, East Levin, De La Salle. Don't know um, why I know this in my Maldif, brain, but Maldif. Um, Packet no. House. It was a few good teams Stop back in the day. Stop it, Binsy. This man is a big deal. Who? Small white kid who used to play for you. It's only little Mikey. It's from So, it's what nice was your nice highlight as a player? Boys. I think. My as a player really was just playing with my mates originally. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm all coming from the same area, and all just playing for fun and um, enjoying enjoying playing football. Um, and we had a bit of pride about us because, like, we were a predominantly black team. We were sort of representing the area as well because yeah. we used to get bad press. Yeah. So it was a way of showing people that you know what we're not we're not drug dealers, we're not criminals. We just like playing football. And we all most majority of the team was all employed, which was a rarity at them times. You know, all the had jobs and everything. So it was a good sort of um, way of meeting, stick, stick, sticking together, looking after each other. You had did the Chris Boom? I know you played with him at Flixton. 
Yeah, he never played, he never he played, played on a Sunday for us. Because, no. I mean, he went Flixton, Macclesfield Town, took him into the Football League, straight to Sunderland in the yeah. Premier League. Yeah, he's a great so, player, Chris. You know, great player. Great Sammy player. McElroy was the manager. That's right, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So you were a midfielder? Yeah, that's right, yeah, I played centre and midfield with, with Chris. And then, uh, yeah, Chris, like you say, he went to Macclesfield and then he moved on to Sunderland and it didn't work out for him. But yeah, it was good, some good times. Really good players I played with. Really good players. You played in really good teams. Really good teams, yeah. But uh, I suppose I'm still got it at um, break, not Flixton out. Oh, well, no. One nil on two, over two legs. And we should have beat them at 1800 their place. people in that ground there. I know, there. I know. It was a good day. Canvey Island in the quarter. That's right, we beat them. Yeah, yeah, Canvey Island, yeah. Yeah, it was good days then. Chairman John Mitchell. Yeah, Johnny Mitch. <laughs> I, ne- I never thought I'd be getting into this chat outside Old Trafford, <laughs> and I realise it's not of relevance to most Manchester United fans. But it's lovely to see you. Nice one. Well, nice yeah, nice to see, to see you, you Andy. Take care, Take care. All the best, mate. Right, so I'm going to carry on walking. See you later, Andy. See you, Binzy. Take care, mate. Hi, you all right? It is a small world. Um, I mean, Kojo didn't play for Manchester United, but what a what a player! A lot of these lads. They didn't make it professional, some of them did make it professional, but really talented. And as we saw with Kojo, just lads out on my side playing and playing well and beating most people. Anyway, I'm walking past um, the East Stand now. It's still raining. Nine and a half thousand Charlton coming in. Led by Dean Alden. Someone told me that obviously Dean's, we know Dean's a Salford lad, I know him really well. He's a great lad, he's a United fan. He's a season ticket holder, still. Obviously has to miss a few matches now. But um, someone said Charlton fans told me before that the fans were singing to the tune of Yaz and the Pack Population is the only way it's up. Hold on, hold on. So, you know, the only way is up. He's had a few good wins. They're in League One. They were 18 a month ago. They're up to 12 now. Loads of buses uh, with Charlton fans in the car park where I'm just walking past. I'm on some Busby Way now, walking against the weight of the fans walking into the stadium. And if Manchester United win this, and really United should be beating a third tier team in the semi final, as long as we don't draw Manchester City again, we might have a decent chance of getting to Wembley. Remember that place? Not been for a while, have we? 18, was it, for the final? Under uh, Jose. And, yeah, that'd be good. And you start to miss it. You go too often, you start to be sick of it because it's expensive and it's a long day out. You start to miss it when it's been a while. So, I'm going to see what type of people are going to come across outside Old Trafford. I'm outside the Charlton end, 9,500 Charlton fans. Uh, I'm with father and son, yeah? Yep. What's your name? Darren Logan. What's your name? Logan. Where are you from? Uh, Green Ive, Kent. Green in Kent. Yeah. How does it feel to be coming to Old Trafford? How old are you, Logan? I'm 14. Yeah. Uh, well, it's an experience. Uh, we'll put it there. Hopefully we can walk away with the win and see what we get, but it'll be a good day. Yeah. yeah, it's just good to be somewhere like this again. It's like these days have been long gone for us. So, yeah, it's good to come somewhere like this again and try and enjoy the moment. Don't expect to get much out of the game, but you never know. Football's funny, and it? Anything can happen. 
first impressions of your new manager? Be careful because he's from around here. No, I'm impressed. To be honest, he's, he's changed the style about a bit. He's gone. He seems to have gone back to basics quite a lot. Um, not so much a possession plan across the back four like it was, and not really getting anywhere. Had a lot of possession of the ball under the previous manager, but no real end product. I don't really think he had the tools to do what he wanted to do with Ben Glover. But um, yeah, things coming and changed it around and seems to have simplified it a bit and put the right people in the right places. What's this season been like for you? Because it seems as an outsider to be a very complex, turbulent club. The fans seem to be raging with, yeah. with, with the owners, if that's not too strong a word. And I don't think it is from ones I've spoken no, to. The, the owners have come in and the team has not really been invested in, in my opinion. It's, 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 it needs investing and you need to invest money and if you don't invest money you're going to get to where you're going to get to the money has to go into the clubs to try and develop it all and push back up the leagues we're not where we should be you know I mean? and when we did get to the championship the same thing happened up there you've got to invest in them leagues you've got, got to otherwise you've got to come straight back down again and that's what's happening you're a big club you're still getting 14,000 your stadium hall's 26,000 yeah, yeah it's, it's good that, it is good Dan it, it needs to be filled to be honest it, it's crying out to be filled and People just are staying away because of what is going on. They just don't believe it. They, they can't see no no product going on. You said that you're from, from Kent. Where does Charlton's fan base come from? Because I remember when you were in the Premier League, if I'm not wrong, there were three buses coming in from Gillingham and Chatham. Yeah, and there's still a lot around the Kent areas, but a lot of it also is South London. But people have drifted, drifted out a lot now. I think there's a few over the other side as well. But yeah, this over the other side is that the other yeah, side of the river? Yeah, the dark side. Yeah, is that what you call yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, love it. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's it's, it's mainly within the neighbouring sites, sort of suburbs and things like that. I like how you call it the dark yeah, side. Yeah, I always called it the dark side going across the river. Yeah. Now, would there be people who live in Charlton who never crossed to the dark side? Well, they they do to be honest. Yeah, because of because of work and things like that. If you're working in London, you generally go across that way. How would you describe Charlton the area? Oh. I don't know. I don't know what to say about the area. Really, it probably needs a bit of reinvestment. The club, working yeah, class area. Yeah, working class area. If, if the club is, is doing well, everyone gets sort of lifted from it. And like I say, it's, it's crying out for it, but it's just not happening at the moment. And it's down down in the doldrums too long now. It needs to come out of there. And what's your greatest moment as a Charlton fan? I mean, the playoff finals, the Sunderland games, probably for me. Is that Mendonca? Dog and the last one, the previous one, a few years back. That was your first one, wasn't it? Is that your highlight? Uh, yeah, uh, going to Wembley and stuff. Got to Wembley and beating good. Yeah, they're, they're good days. What do you think of Man United? I'm impressed with what's gone on here the last two to three months. To be totally honest, he seems to have got them going how he wants them. He's got it his way, and fair play to him because the manager's got to be in charge of it all, and he's got to have to say on everything. What do you think of Man United? Who, who do people support in your school? No comment. I'm not. I'm not because some of my mates support Man United, but most of them like uh, like Liverpool. Some of them, yeah. some of them, Charlton, but no one really talks about them. But that's. See, back, you go back 15 years ago when Man United were, were probably at their, their peak. When I was sort of like in my early 20s, they, they was winning everything. A lot of the local people would have supported United because of that. Because of that, they wouldn't have wanted to go to, to Charlton. But, yeah, it, it, I, I've got a good feeling about United at the moment, to be honest. Hopefully not today. <laughs> Thank you for your time. I do hope you enjoy it. As I said, Dean's a mate of ours, so our ideal score today would be 5-4 with uh, Charlton doing well and Manchester United getting a, a last-minute a last <laughs> winner. 
It's cold, it's wet. Enjoy your time at Old Trafford. Look after yourself. All right, bye-bye. All the best. This is a bit of a mad one. There's 25 minutes to kick off and I've just done some TV for Scandinavia. And I'm now with the opposing manager, Dean Olden. I've been working as a journalist for over 30 years and not often you get there, your mate, Joshua, stood here. Having a brew, robbing his brew with the ball boy coming up to him. And also, the presenter I'm working with is a Charlton Athletic fan. How do you feel? I feel uh, very excited. It's unreal being here after so many hopeless seasons, so many so much misery, so much poor management. You're here and I, I, it gives us new hope. It's good, it's good to see a bloke like uh, Dean Holden getting a job. Dino, you're looking up at the spec for them where you've got your season ticket yeah. here. How do you feel right now? Mental. It's glassing it. I feel so calm. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy it. Sat you got in, your tactics in every side of this stadium. But to be stood here with you now is pretty surreal. Yeah, we're good to go. We're good to go. Um, your family came to meet you? Yeah, I got, well, I got off the bus there. And uh, 25 of them stood waiting to see me. My mum, bless her, died three years ago, so my dad said, come over here, I'll give you some, just give me a little photo of him and my mum, so I've got that in, uh, in the dressing room, just make sure she's with us, but I know she's with us anyway, no? Jesus, Dean. I, I, I know. They're all up there. So, they're Dad's just... giving you a picture of Listen mum. Listen to this one, I've just met Lou McCary in the tunnel. Yeah, I'm just like Lou. <laughs> my, mate, my mate that I used to go home and away with as a kid, text me this afternoon, make sure you take him to Lou McCary's chippy for a pre-match meal, and then I saw Lou in the tunnel, he was laughing his head off. Madness. Brilliant. I was listening, to, I was at Brentford the other day and the whole ground was playing this, it was so loud. Look at our fans up there. Look man. at them there, how yeah, many have you bought? Nine, nine, ten thousand. No trains back, there it, there it. Our kids been in the Lowry all day today and there's been hundreds of them in. He FaceTimed me while they're all in there, they weren't, they're going to enjoy this. They're a good club aren't they Dean? They're a proud club, I've been yeah. speaking to the fans before the game. They're good people, they're big club. I respect they're them. Hard work, working class people. Oh, yeah. That's why I've settled in so well, I think. There's a connection there, so... I've never, I've never felt so torn because I want Manchester United to win every game they play. And I'll be honest, I want United to win tonight for many reasons, but... But... Yeah. You've been there from day one, mate, and it's surreal to be stood next to you here uh, yeah. outside of the pitch. Well, we, we have. We spent a lot of time together in Bristol. Walsall. Walsall. I remember you telling me to go to Hartlepool to see your friend who was manager. Paul Murray. And he's a lovely fella and he, he, he was a foster parent to all of those children. He was a lovely man. And he got knocked out of the FA Cup that night and I felt terrible. Yeah. I felt exactly, terrible. Exactly after the world it, of football I mean, management. I mean, he, he came to see me like two hours before the game. Look at him singing now. We've got to give him something to shout about. How do you set up against Man United? <laughs> um, we played well last two games. I've gone as strong as I could. There's a bit of chemistry building between the players. United have made a few changes, obviously, so we've a slight advantage for us there. Some relationship building on the pitch. Is this your goalie? This is the big goalie. He's the one. He What's was his out. name? Maynard, Ashley Maynard Brewer, an Australian lad, came over in 19. <laughs> He was out, he got knocked out in the week in training last week for the fifth time in his career, concussion, he's as brave as he come. Wow, we missed the weekend but he's back tonight which is important. He's got a bit of Schmeichel about him. I'll tell you where else I've been with you, here's the longest one, Falkirk 2005. There we go. With the mighty Arnau Riera. 
Yeah, what a player. What a phone like yesterday, weirdly enough. I spoke to him player. last week. He's back in Mallorca. He's a social worker now. He's the most down-to-earth lad with no ego. He doesn't tell any of the kids he looked after. And the kids he looked after, he's got a lot of challenges on. He doesn't tell them that he was once Lionel Messi's captain. Yeah, Barcelona. Yeah. Iniesta. He was. He was some player injuries. Killed him a little bit, but... Paul Kurt like him. He liked you as well. Russell Lafferty, who's there as well. Right, you've got a football game to manage, and I've got words to write. Good luck. Manchester United, free chart and athletic nil. The result flattered Manchester United a little bit. Two late goals from Marcus Rashford made it 3 0. The stadium is emptying now. The last few hundred of the 10,000 Charlton fans just emptying outside of Old Trafford. It's not raining, is it not? No, probably will be in about about two minutes. You're covering the game from a Charlton perspective. Introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Dan Evans. I'm a London football writer. I write for a website called Capital Football. That's at Capital Football UK on Twitter. And they really didn't disgrace themselves tonight at all. I thought they battled really hard for the whole 90 minutes. Rashford, Casemiro, Eriksen come on and sort of see out the game for United. So tell us from a Charlton perspective, how do you think Charlton did? I thought they did really well. They, um, they battled hard, definitely. They're a bit too enthusiastic at the start maybe they looked like they might get caught yeah. especially by Garnaccio on the left wing but they really sort of grew into the game only a goal down they tried to take it to sort of those last 10 minutes and just hope that a sort of golden chance would present itself never really came and then two brilliant finishes from Rashford later on I smell strongly of perfume after hugging Dean Holden's wife just now after <laughs> the game don't know I'm going to explain this away to my <laughs> own wife on whether she'll believe it but I might have to get a backup version sorry where were we um, financially good for Charlton yeah definitely a, a cut brand always helps in a situation like this there's still a lot of uncertainty about the ownership at the moment I think Thomas Sangard the owner was here tonight but there's a lot of talk about him possibly handing over ownership to someone else in the next few weeks uh, so we'll see how that plays out but this run definitely can't hurt so I came across you for the first time in my life Shouldn't really admit this publicly, should I? But there you go. Sutton United Wimbledon a couple of weeks ago, and yeah, I said to you that a mate of mine's just been given the Charlton job, and that you, as a young journalist, should be getting to know him and build up your contacts. I'll take you down and introduce you to him if you want in a minute. That'd be great. And um, and then they've obviously drawn Manchester United, so I didn't expect to to see you um, up here. Since then, Dean's had a couple of decent results, hasn't he? Moved the team up from from 18th to 12th. I mean, these are baby steps. Yep. Charlton shouldn't be even be in that division, but he's doing all right, isn't he? Definitely. I think um, it was a difficult night at Oxford in this sort of festive period, but then uh, a good win. First half. Difficult first yeah, half. Yeah, definitely. Then he smashed the tactics board at half time. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> As you can read on The Athletic, I'm sure. <laughs> um, and then a brilliant win at Portsmouth on New Year's Day, and then a, another sort of uh, a less fantastic win at the weekend against Lincoln but they're on an upwards tra- trajectory now and they've got Barnsley at home at the weekend another winnable game possibly but they've got to keep moving up this League One table because it's still very open the playoffs are still possible Is this your first trip to Old Trafford? As uh, a journalist? As a journalist, yeah I've been a couple of times I support Swansea City so I've actually seen Swansea win here once maybe you don't have got, You've not got a Swansea accent I know, my dad's from Swansea I'm not from Swansea I'm from near Oxford but uh, yeah, so I've been here a couple of times to watch Swansea, but this is the first time as a journalist, yeah. Yeah, Swansea have actually had a couple of wins here, haven't they? They have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> first of game days. of the 2014-15 yeah. season. 
Yeah, remember that. Brilliant pre-season for Man United under new manager Lou Van Hall. Everything's going to be fantastic. We've beaten Real Madrid pre-season. Come first game of the season, lose to Swansea City. I remember <laughs> that. Tell us about Swansea then very quickly. How? Um, it's, it's going fine. We've got Russell Martin as a manager at the moment. He used to play for Norwich and Scotland. He started off as one of these sort of Guardiola-type a football evangelist where he's trying to play out from the back every single time we'd have like 70% possession but not really look like scoring goals he sort of toned that back a bit this season we're mid-table the championship's like League One as well the, the playoffs are there for anyone who can put a good run together I'm not sure if we can do that we'll need a couple of players in January but who knows so now you have a choice to as a journalist go down to the mix zone speak to Charlton players or go and hear both managers what do you want to do? That's that's a tough one, that, isn't it? I'd love to hear answer. from Dean to know what he thought about. I think you should go and speak to the managers, Definitely. ask him a really hard question, <laughs> ask, ask him who had his season ticket tonight. <laughs> Just say that to him. I mean, it's a legitimate question. His seat is over there. All oh, right, in the uh, in, in Stratford End. All right. Well, good luck. Um, with your work for the rest of the season um, hopefully Charlton. Charlton's fans are a bit cheeky tonight. <laughs> Manchester's a shithole. We want to go home. Uh, it's only 1-0 you must be shit <laughs> and many many more well we'll poke fun out of that in the next edition of United We Stand it was horrific selling United We Stand tonight uh, if anyone bought a copy we'd really appreciate it it's just shit at the moment it just rains every single game and there's absolutely nothing we can do about it we will sell it at the Manchester Derby oh yeah that's more matter than Manchester Derby at, at the weekend what do you make of Man United as an outsider in terms of how doing under Eric Ten Hag I think they're a lot further ahead than I thought they'd be at this point I thought this was going to be a much slower rebuilding process I know I've got a lot of Man United fans on a course that I'm on in Twickenham at the moment and uh, some of them are believing that there's sort of like a title charge on at the moment especially if they can win on Saturday but yeah maybe they weren't at their best tonight but I think in the league game since they've come back after the World Cup they've been really good so who knows thanks for your time thank you very much in the mix on after the game waiting for whoever comes out jump to try and get Laurie on the United We Stand podcast Laurie Whitwell doing a little foreigner what's you make of that tonight United We Stand United We Stand wow I feel honoured Andy thank you very much uh, good performance some uh, encouraging cameos really uh, Facundo Prilistri I thought made his debut two and a half years after signing Everything that he did was was bright, was with purpose, did things quickly, got a really good assist for Marcus Rashford, um, who obviously came on and scored two. Again, eight goals, eight, eight games in a row that he scored at Old Trafford. Um, two really good finishes as well. It looked like he maybe overrun the first one, but lovely little dink finish. And then the second one with his left, perfect placement. Um, even Fred's taking free kicks that are hitting the, the, the woodwork. Good one, that one. Yeah. I mean, Anthony's goal as well. I mean, he's still sort of dividing opinion, isn't he? And I still would like to see him do more than, than what he does when he gets the ball on the wing. Uh, although he did go past a player on the outside, uh, but then he seems to sort of not really know what he was going to do at that point and kind of check back again and end up losing the ball. But his goal, I mean, he, you know, if, he's, if he's a one-trick pony, it's not a bad trick to have to be able to curl it in from that distance. Um, beautiful beautiful finish. in the second half, didn't they? At the other end, similar effort to, the, to, his, to his goal. But uh, yeah. Who else impressed you? Um... I mean, well, well, Casemiro when he came on, wow! Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know his passing was no, supposed to be this brilliant. good. Them crossfield passes. I mean, one, one to the left to Garnacho, then one to the right to Palistri. That was obviously then the goal. Uh, the scoop pass to Rashford through the middle for the for the third. Yeah, I mean, just comes on, does that. 
um, there was a moment actually when he, he tried another pass and it didn't come off and um, uh, Charlton were, were breaking and you could just see him he just sort of jogged across and just fouled the guy he's like I'm not running back I can't be asked. <laughs> Can you tell us in, in, in detail maybe like over eight or nine minutes um, the way that Charlton set up <laughs> and what the thinking might have been behind that? Yeah uh... <laughs> oh, with Ty from the Manchester Evening News what did you make of the game tonight? Uh, yeah good, good performance um, Tenag making use of the bench as well. His substitutes have been spot on recently and all coming off the bench. And, and what about Charlton's them? substitutes? What did you make? No, I'm joking. Did they make some subs, did they? <laughs> um, yeah, it was, you know, it, was, it was a good first half and then second half it, it kind of drifted a little bit. It felt for a while like Charlton might get back into it. It didn't feel like United were going to kill the game off and those subs made such a big difference and you know, Palestri coming on made a difference. Rashford in the form of his life arguably at the moment. Casemiro, like, like Laurie said, I think we all knew he was a world-class defensive midfielder the quality of his passing is exceptional um, you just, I just didn't see that from him at Real Madrid to be honest but it, it is an underrated asset of his game Some of them passes were like 40, 50 yards just spinning through the rain they're fantastic he did that three or four times in the, the second half has, has he been Manchester United's best player this season or would it be him and Rashford? <sighs> it, it's probably between him and Rashford with a notable nod to Martinez I would say but I think the quality that Casemiro brings and the thing that Casemiro has done is he's allowed United to play more on the front foot in the midfield he can, he can play that number six role on his own which used to have sort of Fred and McTominay holding hands to a degree next to each other kind of complementing each other Casemiro can do it on his own Eriksen and Fernandez can play further forward and the quality of Casemiro's passes to break the lines gets United on attack time and time again so I think he's what we're seeing from Rashford is brilliant but Casemiro I think has been transformative Garnacho was involved from start to finish he was, yeah, yeah, he looked really bright. The first 10 minutes, he was absolutely electric. Charlton didn't know how to deal with him. The, the speed at which he runs with the ball as well is eye-catching. You see a lot of players who are fast, but it's hard to be that fast with the ball, but he manages it. And you could see that every time he got the ball, Charlton were, were terrified. I think there's, there's still a bit of the end product he needs to work on. There was one point in the second half where he was offside looking across the line and you saw Ten Hag remonstrate with him for that and kind of tell him that you know, there's no excuse to a degree to be offside when you're looking across the line. But... You know, he's got the right manager for that sort of thing at the moment, hasn't he, in terms of development. And he looks, you know, every time he's involved, he looks dangerous, he looks threatening, and it looks like fullbacks are terrified of him. Malassia, what did you make of him? Uh, I wouldn't have him taking corners again, um, <laughs> fair to say. He was, he was solid, really, not, not hugely tested. Um, he's decent going forward, good. His passing sort of down the left is, is good. He keeps it neat and tidy, he gives it to midfielders gets forward well the, the, the crossing's probably not there yet but I think he keeps the ball pretty well and he's, he's, he's learning the, the rhythm from Tanaga I think the way Shaw's playing at the moment he's got a job on his hands to break into the team but he's still young and he's, he's clearly good enough to be a, a squad player Do we know what's happened with Delo? Um, we just just seen a quote from Tanaga's press conference and he said it was precautionary um, so it looks like they're going to have to check on him and, and see but it sounded more of a precaution than anything major so I guess he's got a chance for Saturday Kobe Maynou? Um, okay, I would say. Um, you know, it, it's a huge ask for a 17-year-old. And a game like that, in a way, you're almost better suited playing in a Premier League game because Charlton were really physical. There was really strong challenges in there and that's a tough first test of men's football. Charlton had some giants, didn't they? They had some big, big players, yeah. So we, we are half-joking then about Charlton substitutes. One of them who came on was that big. I had to Google it. <laughs> I've never seen him before. But they had a defender who was like nine foot nine. Yeah, they were, they were a proper League One team. I think the first five minutes they put in two like thunderous tackles that got their fans going. And for a 17-year-old lad who's used to Premier League 2 football and 
first taste of men's football, that's, that's a big ask to go into a game like that. Like I say, you're almost better suited than a Premier League game when it's about technique. But, he, you know, he equipped himself well enough. Like we said, just we're waiting in the mix zone at the moment, as you said, but just seen Ten Hag's quotes and, you know, he said he was happy with him and it was a great experience for him, I think. Fred, United, where you stand? Well, maybe not. Where are you from, Fred? Welcome to United We Stand for the first time. Thank you very much. Uh, a great honour to be talking to you, Andy. I'm from Rio. You're from Rio? A, yeah, similar weather. Okay. Can we talk about... Um, you're a proud Brazilian, yeah? Yeah. Can we talk about Argentina winning the World Cup? Um, what it means to you? I can, I can give you my lawyer's number if you want. <laughs> <laughs> but it was amazing, yeah. Oh, oh. yeah. Here we go. We've got players coming through. Take your time, no, I'm joking. Sorry, Fred. Tommy Eaton came out to talk to us then. So, just you lived in Manchester now, or in the UK for six years? For six years, yeah. Always Manchester, so I came yeah. straight from Rio to Manchester, yes. You've moved from Rio de Janeiro to Manchester? Yeah. Um, two very similar cities, would you say? Yeah, they are. Um, <laughs> Football mad, and that's about it? I think so. I think so. But honestly, I don't regret a bit I love it I love the people here I've always felt welcomed so yeah I can only say good things really apart from sometimes the weather yeah sometimes and um, how would you describe the popularity of, of Manchester United in Brazil massive yeah massive I think I think it's the biggest within the, the English the English clubs um, of course there's always um, a massive Liverpool follower following Arsenal City started to grow recently. So this is a mainstream following. So you, you work yeah. for ESPN. For TNT. For TNT. Yeah. Sorry, just mentioned your name. No, no problem. There. No problem. Um, but Premier League games are on mainstream television. They are. In Brazil. In Lots Brazil. of them. So it's getting real traction. It is. Yeah? It is. More and more, more and more. Compared with La Liga? More. Really? Definitely. Wow. Definitely. Wow. Some, some seasons ago, I think La Liga would be harder to find yeah. on TV than, okay. than the Premier League. So I'm sure they're... Of course, if Madrid and Barcelona are playing, this is a massive audience. But I think a lot of people would watch United against Bournemouth, for example. Yeah, yeah. Manchester United have got four Brazilians. One of them's on loan, struggling at Sevilla. Well, Sevilla is struggling. Yeah. Casimiro, Fred, and Anthony. You've done in-depth interviews with all of them. You speak to them <laughs> in their mother tongue. Um, how do you find them? I I think well, first and foremost, they are really good lads. Like different personalities uh, from the trio I know better Fred because he has been here the longest yeah. always really really nice not only to me but I just hear good things about him yeah. um, Anthony is a good young lad as well and Casemiro is world class yeah. isn't it I think everyone can realise that now and as a journalist you, they're, they're interesting to talk to when you speak to them so, sorry say again as a journalist yeah. when you speak to them yes 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 um, of course, I think for the age, Anthony yeah. is still a bit shy, yeah. uh, but lots of personality. So you, you could see that once he can feel a bit more comfortable within his football and within his, I don't know, his new life here, he would get this personality on the pitch and off the pitch as well in the interviews. Uh, Fred has always been a chatty person, so it's, it's always nice to interview him. And Casemiro is, I think, the... Not, not, not saying bad things about the others, but the wisest yeah. of them because of the age, the experience. Um, so it's always nice to hear him. Are you surprised at how well Casimiro is doing? 
He really wanted to come here, didn't he? He did. He did. And what I heard is that he's never feel, felt so comfortable in his career, which is quite surprising. Again, I was surprised when he came. I am surprised that he's, one, fit so well, and two, feels at home, basically. Because Manchester's not like Sao Paulo, where he's from. No. I can understand why a Brazilian might settle into a Spanish city, because yeah. the languages are similar. The weather is similar. The weather's similar. Yeah. So it's really nice to hear that, and quite surprising as well. But he's been absolutely fantastic, hasn't he? He has. And Anthony, um, the manager likes him a lot. Might take a little bit of time to, to settle in. Yeah. But do you think he's enjoying it here as well? I think so. I think so. Um, of course, he, he was injured. Yeah. Uh, he started really, really well, didn't he? And then I think the injury got him back a little bit. His World Cup was fairly all right. Um, the last game against Croatia, he was really good. And, and I remember that game as a comparison to now that he felt more confident playing for Brazil than for United now after the World Cup. So I think it's more about the mind than about his football. He has the skills, he has the ability, and I'm sure he's going to, to be a great success here. It's not just at Manchester United where there are Brazilians. During the World Cup, I was thinking... There's more Brazilians in this team who live in the northwest of England yeah. than in Brazil. Yeah, yeah. It's bizarre. As, it a, is. as a child, I dreamed of seeing like one Brazilian footballer. Yeah. And now just shows the power of the Premier League. I it does. It does. Um, of course, like you can see that Madrid is still Madrid and Barcelona is still yeah. a, a big dream. Yeah. Uh, like Vinicius, Rodrigo, Hendrik yeah. now that is about to come to go to Madrid, but. Yeah. It's the highest number ever of Brazilians playing in the Premier League. Yeah. And I think next year will be even higher and then, and then even higher and even higher. So the Premier League is powerful. It's in the, I think the kids now, the future footballers, will dream about playing for United, for Chelsea, for City, etc., etc. So get the kids in the favelas and... They are wearing Brazil. United shirts. Yeah. yeah. In the 90s, they would be wearing Barcelona, Madrid and Milan. Yeah. I was a little bit concerned on my trips to Brazil to see the emergence of Manchester City shirts. Mm, yeah. You now see them in sports shops there. You do, you do. You wouldn't yeah. see that 10 years ago, I think. No. Uh, I don't have any solution to this. It's just an observation <laughs> that I'm passing to a, a, a Brazilian. But um, what about the Brazilian football as well? Because I'm asking you about the football here. When I watch football there, I love the atmosphere. Yeah, it's really, really good in the stadiums. I miss that. Even at the small stadium, I miss that. Yeah. I miss that. It's better than here, if I'm it honest. Is. It's it is much better. It is. It's non-stop. It's singing. It's dancing. Third division club. The yeah. whole st- They're dancing. Yeah. In the stadium. They are. Is, is there an Argentina? Or yeah. Two of the best in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And Argentina's fan culture's had a lot of positive comments, but it's just the same in Brazil. Yes. You can go to pretty much any Brazilian game. Yeah. It's you, brilliant. You'd have noise. Uh, I think that the main difference is the attendance. Mm. Here you see more often st- stadiums packed yeah. than in Brazil. Sometimes you have, I don't know, Maracanã, 70,000 seats, yeah. but sometimes playing for 10,000. 10, noisy, always yeah. noisy fans, but it's half empty most yeah. of the time, but always a good party. It's partly because you have state championships, because the yeah. country's so big. Yeah. So it's difficult... It would be like Manchester United playing Stockport County. Yeah. It's difficult to... But then when the big 
the big games in, in Rio or Porto Alegre or Sao Paulo are happening. It, it's fantastic, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. Up, up until the 80s, yeah. the, the state championships would be more important than the national. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Really? And even Libertadores, really. Yeah. So for, for the teams, you'll be better for Fluminense, for Flamengo, for Vasco, it'll be better to win Rio championship, state championship, than, than to win the Brazilian league. And to be champions of South America. Yeah. And of course, when the Brazilian team gets in the World Club competition, it's a huge deal. It is. Huge. It's a, I, I don't know if, if, if an English fan would relate because it's no, like, it's, it's, it's almost what the competition says, like you're Champions conquering the, the world. world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think there is a point to prove to the rest of the world, like Brazil is still the best football people think, and they are proud of it. When Chelsea played in Japan in 2012, they played Corinthians. Yeah. Chelsea took 900 fans. Do you know how many Corinthians fans went? I don't remember. 22,000. My God. It's the other side of the world. Yeah. And really expensive for Brazilians. Yeah. That is just mind-blowing. Yeah. Mental. I mental. love it, though. Yeah. Yeah. Corinthians fans are especially crazy. Yeah. Especially crazy. So it was a fantastic party to watch. Finishing off now, because we're going to get thrown out of Old Trafford, <laughs> but... Manchester United played in Rio in 2000 in the World yeah. Cup Championship yeah. and were terrible. I remember Edimundo go yeah. to this day. Sorry. But, yeah. but Corinthians and Vasco, um, they created such a noise. Vasco da Gama fans, when they played Manchester United, I, I don't think I've ever heard a noise like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like 40,000 people singing. At the same time, in, 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 in one of the most iconic stadiums in the world, Maracanã. They had a song da 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 Wouldn't go out my mind for ages. I know this one. Da go, da go. da 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 and just dancing away. This little, I don't know why this happened, this little Brazilian song. And then Corinthians reached the final. They had a song. Yeah, yeah. The all-powerful. Yeah, big team. All in black. All in black, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we Noisy. Do. Noisy, yeah. I miss that. Yeah, yeah, I can see why you miss it. But anyway, you're don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I love the atmosphere here. Yeah, the I do as well. It's different. It's different. I love it. You have to respect football. the differences. Yeah. That's and it. There's nothing wrong. We can like both. Exactly. Yeah. Two great footballing countries. Exactly. Passionate. Yeah. And football was introduced to Brazil by the English. It was. It was. And trains. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> and on that note, we better go. Thank you, Andy.